Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Seriously, folks, absolutely love them. Check out emc2learning.com. Today's episode is all about fairness in the gamified classroom. This is uh, a topic that comes up and possibly maybe has already frozen you from from doing this. And I really want to speak to this because I think it's an issue that isn't it's, it's not as crazy, it's not as zany as you might think in the gamified classroom. And I, I think you're going to get some good talking points for both at students as well as at admin or fellow teachers. So this could be a valuable piece in your arsenal to help defend this pedagogy that you might want to move to. And I use the word defend kind of loosely there because I think it's it's more to elevate and inform because a lot of people that don't know it, this might be that complaint people say at the at the top, right? That like, ah, you know, the, there's competition. How do you keep it fair? Uh, and, and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit in today's episode. As always, I'd love to hear from all of you. Use the hashtag WellPlayedPodcast and at Mr. Matera. Whether you want to join in the conversation, share some things, ask a question or two, because remember, we're using that gamified 101 sort of series, and those are questions from you guys. And so put the questions out there. Hashtag WellPlayedPodcast. Tag me at Mr. Matera. Love to hear your thoughts. If you're using Instagram, it's at Mr. Matera E-D-U. All right, let's let's get in. Let's get in straight into it. First off, uh, this this is uh, central to a healthy gamified classroom. Uh, I'm going to tell you that I'm coming at this from the perspective of my class, and my class is a full year long gamified class. So fairness plays a big deal. Uh, but time, time also plays a big deal. So in a gamified unit, let's say, fairness might matter even more because everything's compressed into a single unit. And so the unfairness, it, it won't be smoothed out by time. Uh, again, right, I let's fully admit none of us mean to be unfair. Um so at least over the course of a year, maybe that unfairness smooths out. Whatever unfairness is, which is the natural bias that is human nature, maybe smooths out with time. If you're doing a unit, man, extra careful to pay attention to these. So here, here's what we got. Uh, one, I'm going to start with what I call fairness rests in the system. And this one is an idea that whatever rules you put in place, it is not personal, right? And the fairness rests in the system. This, like whatever the rule is, let's say, here's a rule I have in my class. Uh, all side quests need to be in before the assessment for that unit. So whatever side quests kids could go on and do within the current unit, they have to wrap those up, get them to me before that test day. And, you know, 
somebody's going to try, right? I teach middle school. Somebody's going to try to turn it in, you know, on Monday and be like, ah, I meant to give this to you. It's in my locker. I forgot it at home. Whatever the case may be. And you, you want to remain fair. So I have to be fair to all my kids this year. And here's another good nugget. If you end up making this multi-year, not not that these kids are playing with last year's kids, but if you have like stats, if you're like, hey, here's the leaderboard from last year, and I publicize that, uh, you immortalize that a little bit, then you say, I have to be fair to all my previous students too. And so the fairness rests in the system. I would be applying the same rule, whether you're this student, that student, last year's students, or, you know, or next year's students. So I can't, I can't accept that quest, right? Fairness rests in the system. Another thing, too, where this line comes in and is incredibly valuable to me is uh, kids will say, sometimes it's going to come up, right? That like, oh, man, uh, you like so-and-so more than you like me. And I always have like, I take those conversations very serious when a kid brings that up uh, because I really point out, I absolutely love all of you. Like, think about it. Wouldn't I love all of you to go and do the extra, to take that extra step? I have built a playground for your mind. And each and every one of these tasks aren't busy work. These are things that get you to try new software, get you to be creative, push you to grow and develop. You don't have to do them. They're optional. Some of these kids have taken those options. And that is why they have more items and badges and power-ups and abilities than you. But again, goes back to fairness rests in the system. It's not that I like those kids more. It's not that I've just given them extra stuff for free. I didn't just say, hey, Billy, come over here. Here's a bunch of items and power-ups. Billy did something. Billy took a risk. Billy challenged himself. And you have the same right. Billy didn't get a free pass at something. Billy read the same side quests you read, chose to give up a portion of their Saturday, build something out, and uh, came in and gave me that drawing and that write-up, and Billy got an item and a power-up. Billy got experience points and moved up the chart. And so when you look at the chart and you're like, oh, man, Ms. Matera likes Billy more than he likes me. Not true. I, I literally tell all the kids at the beginning of the year, think about it, kids. Wouldn't I absolutely love all of you to take advantage of all the side quests? And wouldn't I love it if all of you did the best job you could? Like you spent, you rolled up those sleeves on a Saturday, you cleared the whole afternoon and just did amazing work. You you took the concept of plussing, you know, like how can I plus this? It's already good. How can I plus it? And then you plus the plus. Wouldn't I love that? And I would be happy, proud to give each and every one of you a gajillion experience points, badges galore, items galore. Wouldn't I love that? That actually seems more believable. A teacher that sees students falling in love with their subject and pushing themselves, challenging themselves to grow and develop, that seems more likely than I just really like Billy and I dislike all of you. Like that, that seems more like not true. And so when you kind of break it down to kids that it's all there for you. I did this for you, but I've also given you the freedom of choice. You don't have to do it. It's optional. 
And there's in-class ways to earn some points and badges, but if that's the only way that you're interacting with my game is the required work in class, you're going to earn some stuff because I want you to feel the game a little bit. But 85% of my game is the optional, and those kids that are taking the options, yeah, are moving up faster than you, moving up farther than you, getting stronger and powerful items. But you know what they're also getting? Stronger and better like academically because... They're literally growing and developing. None of my stuff is fluff. It moves you. It expands you. It makes you better. And so please, kids, take advantage of these things. So that fairness rests in the system is such a powerful concept. And then when you break it down with kids and truly use the time, like what are we, eight minutes into this podcast minus the four minutes like setup, this is a four-minute talk that you could literally give this talk to students and it helps them see that you're not being unfair and that you don't love those other kids as more. You would love them to try. And so do that, you know, ask them, maybe point out some side quests that they could do that. Like, Oh, Hey, Jimmy, I think you would really like this, this, I mean, I've seen you draw some stuff. This one has a lot of drawing in. Why don't you try this one? The next one that I like that I want to share with you. Good little talking point. When I first did my Grease unit, that was my first gamified unit before I gamified my whole class, I gave a talk about the Mario Kart effect. I wrote about it in Explore Like a Pirate, if you haven't checked out that book. I think it's pretty good, I might say. Uh, the Mario Kart effect is this idea of Mario Kart as a video game. It, I, This is the conversation I will have. I'm going to treat you, my audience, like my sixth graders. I hope you do not find that offensive. I hope I don't get raked over the coals in the, the Twitterverse as you guys are like, what? You talk to me like a sixth grader. But here's the talk. Hey, guys, in my unit, we're going to be earning in that game. It's Olympic points. Uh, those Olympic points you get by doing all sorts of extras. You guys can design your own side quests. You guys can try various things. You guys can build some team spirit by flags and other things. And for all those, you're going to earn Olympic points. But these Olympic points work a little bit like Mario Kart. And I pretend I'm like, has anybody ever heard of this little known game? It's called Mario Kart. And every kid smiles and raises their hand. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Did you know that Mario Kart is the second best selling video game in the Nintendo franchise? At least it was. I think Zelda might have overtaken it. But uh, it still might be up there. I don't know. Second best selling video game on the Nintendo platform. And... You guys, this thing, it surprises me. And they're like, well, why does it surprise us? It's a great game, Mr. Matero. And you're like, well, hear me out. Hear me out. In the game, for those of you that have played, I like to play dumb on that. For those of you that have played, everybody's played. Uh, there's these little boxes on the track. And they have these like multicolors. And the colors are kind of coming in and out. And there's a question mark on it. And... They're, they're all like raising their hands. It's the items and power-ups boxes, Mr. Matera. And I said, okay, 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 yeah. Why? Like, what? Why the question mark? And they're like, well, you don't know what you're going to get. And I'm like, is it random? And they're like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's totally random. I'm like, is it? Is it totally random? And then they're like, no, I mean, not really. Like, if you're first, you get the banana. And if you're last, you get the, I think it's the blue shell or the bullet and this thing 
is the width of the track. It's heat seeking. It takes every turn and it basically knocks everybody over in front of you and helps you catch up. And I said, okay, now why did they put a question mark then? And, and what happens when you drive over it? And they're like, well, there's a little box that comes over your head and it kind of like flickers like boop, 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 like a, like a slot machine with a single view finder. And it's just boop, 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 boop. You might get this. You might get the bullet. You might get the and banana because you're first. And I said, okay, why the question mark? Why the slot machine? Boop, 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 boop. And they're like, well, I mean, it's fun and it, like, it's random. And it's like, ah, is it random? I thought we just said. And they're like, okay, it's not random. It's just for fun. And you're like, this right here, kids, is why it surprises me. You, kids, 12-year-olds, 11-year-olds, you are so attuned to fairness. How can the second best video game selling franchise be blatantly unfair in front of your face? And you guys eat it up. You love it. Yet the first words that are always like on the tip of the middle school tongue, it's just there like on the diving board ready to spring off. Hey, that's unfair. Those words are just built on the tip of your tongue. How do you love this game? And they're like, I don't know. It's just fun. And then I tell a story. I tell a story about a a Christmas that I went over to my nephew's and he had gotten a few days before for Christmas the game Forza. And this is a realistic physics driving game in the Xbox world. Uh, you want to know what it's like to drive a Ferrari. The physics are down tight and just feels good. You want to know what it feels like to drive a mail truck. You can do that. It's crazy, right? And he's like, he's like, uh, Michael, like you, you know, Uncle Mike, you want to come downstairs and play Forza? All right, cool. I'll do that. And I pick it up, pick up the controller and video games aren't totally my thing. So I kind of have like, excuse me, I kind of struggle with the controllers here. And I, who who can drive a car, like struggled in Forza to drive the cars here that are realistic physics. I'm hitting the wall. I'm sliding into the guardrail. Nonetheless, Charlie's on like lap three when I finish lap one. And he wins the race, obviously. And I got to tell you, like, I just wanted to put the controller down. And kind of go upstairs and be like, hey, that was awesome. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with the adults and kind of be done with this, this right? But as I'm almost laying that down, he could see on my face that kind of disappointment. And that I didn't really have fun. And I asked the kids in this story, like, is Charlie having fun in this moment? And they laugh when he's on, like, lap three. They all kind of chuckle. And I say, but, like, is he having fun? And they said, no, because he can't be proud of that win because... I can't barely drive this thing. I can't really be bummed by my loss. Like, I know I can't drive this thing. But I also know I can't really win because he's clocked so many hours. And he said, as I'm like, he's seeing this face, he says, hey, I still have the Wii. Do you want to play Mario Kart? And I said, oh, okay, sure, because I did want to continue to hang out with Charlie. I just couldn't do that. And he loads up Mario Kart. I don't play Mario Kart, so like I equally kind of stink at that game. However, Mario Kart straight up cheats for me, right? I'm in dead last, gives me the bullet, knocks everybody over, and now I'm in seventh. Then I get the blue shell. Boom, now I'm in fourth, you know, and Charlie's in first. And then, uh, you know, we finish the race, and he takes first, I take third. But this time, there was hope. 
this time I felt like, oh man, if I just didn't drive on the grass that little bit, I could have made it a little further, right? I could have, maybe I could have taken second. Maybe I'd even beat Charlie. Maybe if I would have shot that red shell at the right time, I would have knocked him over and I would have won. So like, he's like, you want to play again? Yeah. And Charlie could be really proud of his first place because the game did cheat for me. It kind of leveled the playing field. It was, it was awesome and it was tight. And then we play a second game. And he still beats me. He plays the third game. I, maybe I beat him. I don't remember. But I tell the story that like we end, and it's true, we ended up playing for like a good hour or longer. And sometimes I won, sometimes I lost because it was competitive. But the game was cheating for me straight up. And so I tell this story to say that games do this and you guys like it. And why do you like it? Because it makes it actually more competitive for everyone. Nobody's out, nobody's in. Now, for you gamifiers, for your new game masters where you're building out your game, realize that you have to be careful with this. You don't want to de-incentivize the hard work either, but you do want to have pathways for people to catch up. So I tell kids sometimes, sometimes those kids that are behind earn more points. Like if you're just trying to quest since your first time, I might be excited and like give you a few more points than the same quality of quest before. But again, this goes back to that first point, fairness rests in the system. When I was beating Charlie and he tumbled all the way to eighth place, the game cheated for him. The game gave him the bullet and the blue shell and the red shells, right? So the fairness rests in the system. Same with this Mario Kart. And in a Mario Kart race game, here's the last piece that you tell your kids. Is it ever a good strat to intentionally take eighth place to get the blue shell? And the answer is it's not. Right, It's still, at the core, a race game. It's still better to be in first. And so, hey, you're really good. You've done work throughout the year, and you have constantly done side quests, and you're in first. That is the right strat. But hey, if somebody in second semester wants to start playing this game, they have like zero points or just like the class points they've earned. You in first place are at 10,000 points. There's no way they're going to catch up. That doesn't mean because they hand in one quest, I give them 10,000 points. But that first quest, at the beginning of the year, the kid that started in the first beginning of the year maybe only earns 200 points for that quest because it's the beginning of the year. I start a little slow. You only earn 200, 300 points. By the end of my game, you earn 1,000, maybe 2,000 points at the end of the year. That's to help catch up a little bit. And again, fairness rests in the system. That new kid, that new player would still have to do quite a lot of side quests to sort of become competitive, but there is a chance. And that means those top ones, if they really want to be at the top, still have to be at the top of their game, just like Mario Kart. Charlie had to continue to be do well because the game kept cheating for me. And again, it's fair because if Charlie did fall behind, the game cheated for Charlie. And when I tell these kids about the fairness rest in the system, the Mario Kart effect, it starts to snap in their head. They start to get it. And this leads me to my last two. This is a long podcast. I apologize. We haven't done a long one like this in a while, but... The last two, pretty simple, so we can breeze through them. One, be consistent. I try to really show kids that I'm consistent, I'm fair, I do the same things kind of over and over, and I would do them for you, as I'll do them for somebody else. And then the last bit is always look at your relationships and keep them healthy. Do what you need to do for the relationship. So, you know, make sure you talk to kids. Make sure you explain the why. Don't just be a cold system you know, like tell them why, like, oh, you only got this because of this. Or, 
you know, great job. I'm excited that you're starting the game, you know, like continue at it and you'll, you'll start to catch up, you know, point those things out. The last bit of advice I want to give you, the last line that I use with my students is at the beginning of the year and sometimes throughout the year, I tell kids that in game related things, I'm like an Xbox. And they're like, what does that mean? And I said, like, unlike a teacher, right? Like I'm a teacher for all the other things. You need to come talk to me about a problem you're having. You need to come talk to me about like a situation in class. You're struggling to understand the reading or the test or whatever. Here for you. I'll bend over backwards. But in game-related things, if I say your side quest is due by this Friday, which is an optional thing to do, it's not hurting your grade at all, but if I say Friday, it's due Friday. If I say at the end of this, if I say you have five minutes to make something, we're doing a little class competition, and if I say time's up, hands up, and you still are clicking in three more Lego blocks because you want to, I think like an Xbox. Would an Xbox let you? Like if I could, I would literally stop you right now. Like the Xbox would. It would just, the screen would come across and say like, oh, the time's up, and like you earned this many points. I can't do that. I'm counting on you to follow the rules. And so I think like an Xbox. I'm not being mean to you. In game-related things, I'm thinking like an Xbox. And again, between the fairness rest in the system, thinking like an Xbox, the Mario Kart effect, all of these help kids see why it's this way. And this all works in a gamified class, specifically when you separate grade points and game points. I can be fun. I can be light. I can be airy because you're not stopping a kid from reaching their academic potential and goals. And in fact, the system helps become a little more real-worldy, I would argue, because you're freed from the grade, and thus you can have pretty tight constraints where we know in the academic world we want to allow retakes, and I'm super fine with that, all good and good and good, but this is a way that you can kind of be a little more like, oof, there is a consequence to turn in that side quest late, you know? But you also can have the Mario Kart effect that can also lift those kids up. All right, everybody. I hope you have a good day and uh, I hope we're able to uh, connect. So as always, use the hashtag well played podcast and at Mr. Matera or at Mr. Matera EDU if it is on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. I hope this topic helps you out. I hope it arms you with some good thinking and some good language to use with students. All right, everybody. Have a great day and play on.